Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. We're glad you've joined us today. Get ready for some kingdom conversation. Now here's your host, Lakeisha M. Johnson. Watching the world go by, seeing little brothers and sisters, pain and fear in their eyes. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Wishing I could thank take you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Mm. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Same old sad song. Thank you, thank you. A new song. Song of our love and peace and joy. Amen, girl and boy. Thank you, thank you, thank you. About the perils of this life. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And give him a brand new giving him health and Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you. For every man, girl, and boy. And I'm tired of Thank you. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I, I do too. I do too. I really love this song, Britt. Like, it is such, it was in my spirit this morning. I was like, oh my gosh. And forgotten about it. So, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, let us experience the evidence of you today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let us feel your peace this morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. 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 Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. A little bit. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. We thank you. We bless you. We praise you. We magnify you. We glorify you. Just breathe God in. Just take you some deep breaths and just kind of breathe them in this morning. Just, I love you, God. I'm so grateful for you. I'm thankful for Jesus. Just breathe him in this morning. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. We glorify you. My God, we thank you, Lord. We bless your name. We glorify you, Lord God. We thank you, Father God. We thank you. We thank you. We lift up holy hands and we just simply say thank you. We thank you for grace and mercy. We just thank you, Father, that you are supreme ruler. You are king and you are absolutely everything. We bless you. We praise you. We magnify you. We glorify you, Lord God. We lift up holy hands and we simply say thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for being our peace. Thank you for being our joy. Thank you for being our love. Thank you for pardoning us. We thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. We thank you, we thank you. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. We thank you for intimacy with you. We thank you, Lord God, for just all you are in our lives. We thank you, Lord. We grace, 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 and mercy and love. And we just simply say thank you. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Give us ears to hear and a heart to receive. Father God, we thank you for a fresh wind blowing. We thank you for a fresh anointing this morning. I thank you for my partners that are here with us. I thank you for my friends that are here on the devotional. I thank you, Father God, just for all that are connected to us that are here right now. I thank you for them. I thank you for what you're about to do. I thank you for miracles. I thank you for signs. I thank you for wonders. I thank you, Father God, for you're going to get the very glory out of our lives. And we thank you for it. We thank you. We thank you. While we're right here in this spirit, in this vein, for those of you who are already connected, we're going to lift up our federal government. And I told you a long time ago, we cannot put our mouths on what we pray for. And so if we want to see change in the government, if we want to see change in our lives, change in our situations, then we have to make our decision that the position is prayer. And so today we're going to lift up our government leaders right now in Jesus name. And we're not going to talk about them anymore. We're not going to bash them. And even though they make make bad decisions and wrong decisions, we're going to do what the Lord requires of us, which is we're going to get in position and we are going to pray for them this morning like never before. That's what we're going to do. We're going to align our faith. We're getting ready to be in agreement. It is important for us as believers to stop murmuring, to stop complaining, um, to start being, stop being a part of the norm and get into the vein and become the intercessors that we are called to be. So join your faith as we lift up the, the name of the, the government in the name of Jesus. And then I'm going to pray Psalms 91 and then we're going to get into the devotional today. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we come boldly before your throne of grace for our government leaders, Lord God. We thank you, Father God, right now in the name of Jesus, that they would have a personal revelation of who Lord Jesus Christ is. Father God, we thank you that they would recognize their own need to depend on God for knowledge, for wisdom. And we thank you, Lord God, that they have the courage to do what is right. Father God, we thank you that they would reject all counsel that violates righteousness and resist all pressure to violate their own conscience. Father God, we thank you that they would rely upon prayer and the word of God as their daily source of strength and their daily wisdom and their daily courage. Father God, we thank you that you they would bring you dignity and honor and trustworthiness and integrity in the office that they hold. Father God, we thank you that they would remember to be good examples in their conduct to the people of the United States, to the people of Arkansas, to the people of whatever state you're in, to the people of whatever city you look in who look to them for leadership. And Father God, we thank you that you would be they would be reminded daily that they are accountable to the almighty God for the decisions that they make. We bind the strong man back to the gates of hell. We bind the spirit of division. We bind the spirit of procrastination. We bind the spirit of worry. We bind the spirit of fear. And we thank you, Father God, that your justice, my God, is on the throne and that we will see and experience nothing else in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you and lift our government up today in Jesus name. Here's the thing that I need you to understand. You have got to get out of the habit of when you see wars or rumor of wars or plagues or things that may be announced are and are coming at us. We have to get out of the habit of walking in fear when it's announced and getting in position and praying like our response has to become 
prayer and not the position of fear and worry and overwhelm and consume because we got some bad news or because someone is telling us we're about to go to war because our position is that of kingdom our position is because we are in the kingdom of God. We are not subject to the government of this world. We're not subject to the diseases of this age. We're not subject to anything outside of kingdom, the kingdom of God. And when we've accepted Jesus Christ and Lord and Savior, and we take this to be our position, then guess what? When the, because the word already told us you're going to start hearing work in these last days, you're going to hear wars and rumors of wars, and you're going to see mother against daughter and all of this. But our position is to turn the tables and um, release a sound and just begin to pray like never before begin to pray begin to lift up the government begin to but remind yourself if i put my mouth on it it makes it very difficult for me to pray if i talk about it if i if i um am ugly if i'm sharing all of the ugly things that we put on and see on the internet about our government we can't get in the position we need to intercede and pray right and and that's what that's what we're doing this morning we're praying for our country we're praying for our leaders that's the most significant thing so when you see things on the news it's like oh my gosh we we see things on sex trafficking and then instead of us um um, getting in, calling five or six friends saying, let's pray against sex trafficking right now in the name of Jesus. We get paranoid. We start looking to see if it's vans in the parking lot. We start being consumed. We locked down. We ain't going nowhere else. We walking around in fear and God did not give us the spirits of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. And another way that scripture reads, God did not give us the spirit of fear, right? But of timid, timidity, timidity, right? God didn't. So anytime you feel fear, anytime you feel timidity that comes upon you, that did not come from God. That does not, God can't, God doesn't put a spirit of fear and people will tell you, oh, it's a little healthy for you to feel fear. When you start feeling fear, you better check out what's going on because that's not God. God doesn't give us fear. Fear comes from ourselves. Fear comes from things external. And so anytime we begin to see things that, and don't think your prayers are not important because sometimes it will like, oh, my one little prayer, your one little prayer, my God, may be the, he the prayer that opens heaven's door and changes absolutely everything. So we pray for our leaders. Now let me read our Psalms 91 over us so that we can get into the word of the word of God today. Um, he who dwells, and I'm reading out of the Amplified version this morning, he or Lakeisha and insert your name in it, right? Who dwells in the shelter of the most high will remain secure and rest in the shadow of the almighty whose power no enemy can withstand. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust with great confidence and whom I rely for he will save you from the trap of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with and completely protect you with his pinions and under his wings, you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a wall. You will not be afraid of the terror at night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but danger will not come near you. You will only be a spectator as you look on with your eyes and witness the divine repayment of the wicked as you watch safely from the shelter of the most high. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. No evil will befall you, nor will any plague come near your tent. For he will command his angels in regards to you to protect and defend and guard you in all your ways of obedience and service. They will lift you up in your hands so that you do not even strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and cobra, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Because he set his love on me, therefore I will save him. I will set him securely on high. Because he knows my name, he confidently trusts and relies on me. 
knowing I will never abandon him. No, never. He will call upon me and I will answer. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With a long life, I will satisfy him and I will let him see my salvation. Moses wrote this. And he saw something. He knew the security of God. And if we think about it from the standpoint, Moses wrote this, not David. When Moses wrote this, think about who's writing this. Moses, who has seen the set Red Sea parted. Those aren't just mythical stories. Wrote Moses, who's seen the hand of God, is saying to us, I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the enemy cannot come against you. I'm telling you, if God is for you, then who can be against you? And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I take Psalms 91 very personally. And I'm like, can't nobody mess with me. That's how I act about it. Can't no evil come near my dwelling. So when I see evil trying to come up, I'm like, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. So you can form, but I'm getting ready to sit back and watch my daddy prevail and take over this situation. I remember a few, I, I mean, I remember years ago, it was like six or seven years ago, I had been in a car accident and um, I was avoiding a wreck and I clipped another woman, but the other woman was speeding. And when I clipped her, I was moving out of her way because she was coming up behind me. I was trying to avoid the wreck over here I saw her coming behind me. She did not see the traffic stop. So I was trying to get over to avoid all accidents because Jermaine was in the back seat. My mother-in-law was in the front seat. So as I was moving in this accident and I moved over, I clipped her and her truck flipped like her truck flipped. But when she got out of the truck, the only thing that was wrong with her was her risk. Well, we, I, everything was submitted through my insurance. Um, all kinds of different people were involved because there was more than one car involved in what was going on. And I remember like two years later, I get a notice served saying that I'm being sued. And as I was getting the notice served saying I was being sued, I was like, where is this coming from? Right. And it was funny because when I get the notice served to be sued, my husband has gone to be with the Lord and the Lord, I, the Lord told me just stand steadfast. And so we were going through all the legal proceedings of uh, my attorney, my insurance company had hired an attorney for me. My attorney just, my attorney was very thorough. Uh, we were going through all the different depositions and we were due to be in court. I, re I remember this, we were due to be in court. And as we were due to be in court, I was just kind of like, oh my gosh, Lord, you know, I, I caught, I never heard from the attorney. I never, like, I never heard from the attorney again. So I emailed my attorney and I said, Hey, I haven't heard from you. And I know we're supposed to be in court in two days. And he said, Miss Johnson, the case is settled. He said, Miss Johnson, the case is settled. The case is done and over with because she just wasn't um, suing my insurance company. She was suing me personally. He said, Miss Johnson, the case is over. The We settled this. This is over with. This is done with. You ain't got nothing to worry about. And the case is closed. And I'm telling you, you got to get a resolve in your spirit when the enemy is coming in at, at, at like a flood, when he's trying to attack you, when he's going for your character, when he's telling you all these different things are going to happen and manifest in your life. Your mentality has to be the case is closed. <laughs> like the case is closed. You can't prosper against me. And I never had to go to court and I had to go in for a couple of depositions. And every time fear came up, I was like, no, God, you settled this because my conscious, my conscious was clear. I knew I hadn't done. I did not lie. I told them I clipped her. I knew I clipped her, but I told the story just as it was. I operated in integrity and I operated in, in character and then justice prevailed and God prevailed and I didn't have to manipulate and I didn't have to worry because the case is closed. And so that is the mentality we have to get in our head about the things that press against us or 
the overwhelming power of the enemy that tries to come in and tell us that something is uh, going to happen to us or something is go wrong or, oh, they released Ebola and now you getting ready to have Ebola. No, he tells me no pestilence shall come near my dwelling. No plague shall come near my dwelling and just receive that as no, the case, the case is closed. The case is closed. So I'm not going to receive a judgment against me when I know I'm in good faith or conscious, or I'm not going to receive a judgment against me when I know I've repented, or I'm not going to receive a judgment against me when I know God has told me he's going to work this situation out. And so if you're in a situation and God has already told you he's going to work the situation out, can I tell you something? God's going to work the situation out. Like God is going to work, work the situation out because the enemy was coming for my character and integrity. And I'm like, I know, I know that I have not done this. Like I know that I have not, I have not, like, I know that this wasn't intentional. So glory to God and God worked that situation out. So we have started studying the spiritual blessings of God. And if you are new to the devotional, welcome to Copy and Conversations with Lakeisha. I'm Lakeisha M. Johnson, AKA LMJ. You can find out so much more about us on the website, LakeishaMJohnson.com. I am just so grateful to be here. I was yesterday so excited going, oh my gosh, I get to teach. Oh my gosh, I get to see them in the morning. I love to be able to teach the word of God and I love to be able to hang out with you guys in the morning. And so um, we are studying the spiritual blessings. We are studying God's kingdom, his program, how he feels about us. Um, Paul is talking to us and talking to the church of Ephesus and, <coughs> and establishing the fact of the intention for us as humans, right? And so we're trusting um, what Paul is saying to us. And this is so significant to us. And so we started reading the spiritual blessings and I'm not going to read over those. If you haven't gotten them back up a little bit and go to, um, go back a few devotionals. And if you go back a few devotionals, you'll begin to see the first teachings of this. And so we learned Friday that we are chosen. I'm chosen by God. I'm handpicked. I'm hand selected. It does not matter if I never got chose by anyone else. I'm chosen by God. And today our spiritual blessing and our spiritual truth that we are going to hold on to is I'm adopted. Like I'm adopted. I, I'm adopted by God. And this is significant. And I'm going to tell you why this is significant because sin took us out of our royal inheritance. There was a royal inheritance and sin took us out of our world, our royal inheritance. And so we're learning today that our spiritual truth is I'm adopted. Like I've been adopted by God. I've been adopted. So the second blessing is found in verse five. We are adopted as his children. Not as not only has God chosen us to be made holy, but he grants us full status, full status status. And I'm going to tell you how important that is full status as his children with all the benefits. John one and 12 says as many as received him to them, gave he power to become the sons and daughters of God, even to them that believe on his name. When we believe the gospel, when we receive the gospel, we receive full access to the father and we're able to call out to him as his children, as his children. And so let me tell you why this is so, so significant. Number one, I'm not orphaned. I'm not orphaned. And for any of you who have ever felt orphaned, and let's look at the definition of orphan. An orphan is a child who has lost both parents or one parent and we felt consumed or overwhelmed because we feel we're orphaned, right? And there's a feeling that comes with feeling like you're orphaned, like there's nobody there to protect you or you don't have affiliation. See, when we feel orphaned, we don't know our identity. When we feel orphaned, we don't know our identity. We don't understand our identity in Christ. That's why we feel orphaned. That's why we feel like we don't have a father or a mother. And you can have two parents and still feel orphaned. Well, the orphan feeling is because we don't have, 
We don't have it. We don't feel like we belong. We don't feel like we have an affiliation. And so this spiritual blessing establishes for us. I'm not orphaned. I'm like, like I'm not orphaned. I've been hand selected. I'm hand picked. I'm not, I'm not without protection, right? I'm not without affiliation. And I'm going to give you a scripture just to meditate in just a minute, but I'm not orphaned. And you have to say that to yourself. Can I tell you what will heal you quickly? Can I give you something that will heal you quickly? Can I tell you what will heal situations and relationships and things more quickly than you ever experienced? Transparency. Transparency. And I'm not talking about, I'm talking about this level of transparency. The level of transparency says that, God, I hear you saying, I hear you saying I'm adopted, but I don't understand this. Right. I don't understand the adopted. I don't feel adopted. I don't feel I feel orphaned. I feel abandoned. I feel overwhelmed. I feel consumed. Do you know that level of transparency? Lord, I I don't have this. I can't get this instead of us mimicking and um, saying I'm not saying we speak the word of God. That's good. But in our private prayer time, the transparency that says I don't have this. My God, like, I don't have this. Like, I don't get this. I don't understand this adoption. I don't understand you as my father. Transparency will begin to heal and establish something in you because what you're doing is you're saying, I don't have the capacity for this in my natural man. And I need the Holy Spirit to connect to this. I need you, Holy Spirit. Remember, he's comforter. He's truth. He's advocator. He's your mentor and your coach. And Holy Spirit, I need you to show me this because we'll walk around and go, oh, I know I'm adopted by God. But the sign that you know that you're adopted by God is that you act like it, that you act like it. Like if you know your royal adoption, then you'll act according to your royal adoption. And so I'm not orphaned. It's important for us to see this. The next thing that you need to know when he's telling you that you are adopted, he's saying, I'm not, you're not abandoned. And you might need to say that to yourself. You might need to read. I'm not abandoned. I'm not abandoned. And many of us have felt abandoned. Like we felt like we let, we were left without protection or we didn't have the care or we didn't have the support that we need. When a baby is abandoned, the baby is left to fend for himself. But when we understand our Royal adoption, can I, can I just free you? Can I unlock you today? Because the enemy for too long has been trying to make you feel like you are abandoned, like nobody wanted you, like God didn't love you, like your sins and all of those things were going to keep you from walking into the fullness. But you today, I'm telling you, you're not abandoned. You're not without protection. You're not without care. You're not without support. You're not without those things because you have been adopted by God. And when your self-esteem is so low, right? I was reading something the other day. It said, it's not about self-esteem. It's about God esteem. When your self-esteem is so low or when your situation is so pressing or your situation is so overwhelming, You have got to know you're not abandoned by God. I have had some things happen to me and I'm like, Lord, my God, (laughs) what is going on here? Right. But in my transparency and my truth, I say to him, God, I I'm feeling lonely or I'm feeling overwhelmed and consuming. And for some reason, we always want to soldier up and be so strong. No, I, I can't today. I can't today. I remember one time I was sitting outside my car and I was bawling. I was just bawling. And I'm talking about not too long ago. I was bawling and Jess was crying with me and I was just overwhelmed. And instead of me pretending like I wasn't overwhelmed, I said, Lord, I'm overwhelmed right now. And I need you to help your daughter. He longs for to help us. I said, I need you to help your daughter right now. I'm overwhelmed right now. I'm consumed right now. I'm feeling like I'm out here on my own. And you know what began to happen? Because I surrendered to the truth. Right. The Holy Spirit began to man. So you're not when you're adopted by God, you're not abandoned. You're not left. You're not abandoned. You're not left to be used and abused 
that is not. And so you got to say that to yourself. I'm not abandoned. The other thing, the, um, the, the other thing behind this is you're not alone. When you're adopted, you're not alone. Right. And when we've been called the black sheep of our family, or we feel like the black sheep of our family, a lot of times we feel like we're not alone. And when I use the word alone, you feel separated or isolated, right? No, you're not abandoned and you're not alone. You're not. You're not, and you have to say that I'm not alone because if I think that I'm alone, then I think that God is not with me or I think that the angels are not around me. And so the other thing to this is saying, I'm not, I'm not alone. God is with me. God is with me. God is ever present. God is omnipresent. God is in every situation, right? I'm not alone. I'm not alone. And then the last thing that you have to understand is this. I'm not rejected. I'm not rejected. Like I'm not rejected by this, right? Rejection looks different. Rejection means God would refuse to grant or refuse to accept. And so when we think we're rejected, right, then we think, um, that we are discarded or we're unsatisfactory and God never sees you as unsatisfactory, like I, I never see seeing you as unsatisfactory. That's not how God looks at you. But the enemy wants to plague you with thoughts of feeling abandoned, feeling rejected, feeling alone, feeling orphaned. And can I tell you this? As you're chewing on this spiritual truth, it may not pop immediately, right? It may not pop immediately. You may not feel this because when you feel this, you act in this. When you have revelation, that you are adopted by God, there is a confidence that will come to you that says, you know what? I am my daddy's daughter. I am my, I am my daddy's daughter. <clears throat> and I don't have to accept anything less than the standard that my dad has set for me. I don't have to accept anything less. And you walk in that and you act in that and you live in that and you manifest that daily. Come on, Tammy. It's not a feeling. It's not a feeling. It's, it's by faith and it's accepting it. Right. And so you get into the position. It don't matter who walked out the door. It doesn't matter who was a poor parent. It doesn't matter if it's a bad parent. It's not enough. When we feel like our parents, that's why I told, we talked about Friday. We put too much emphasis on external relationships, hoping that those relationships would validate us. And so when our parents fail us or our parents don't respond or our parents don't give us everything that we think that they can give, or if it's our husband, if it's our children or whatever, um, we, we, we think we've been rejected or we think we've been orphaned or we think we've been abandoned and we think we're alone. And God is like, no, because I accept you. I love you. You, when you accept Christ, I love you. I love you no matter what. And it's so hard for us to receive and understand this love because our mind is looking for a physical. We're looking for something physical all the time. We're looking for it to look physical, but I'm telling you, it's going to manifest spiritual first before it manifests physical. It's going to manifest spiritual first before it manifests in the physical. It's going it, to, it has to, it has to be received in the spiritual realm. And then what happens, right? This, I know God, he's just a restorer and he will send surrogates. And we have to be able to receive those surrogates, which is hard for us sometimes. But when we are in position and we begin to receive this in the spirit, like really receiving, I just, I, 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 I mean, and digest, I'm adopted by God. I'm adopted by God. That's who I'm adopted by. I'm adopted by God. Then it won't begin to matter who won't walk out the door. It won't begin to matter who's a poor parent. It won't begin to matter if you had bad parents. As a matter of fact, invite him in and say, God, I understand that I'm adopted. I never had good parents or I don't know what being a good parent is. I need you to show me what being a good parent is. I need you to help me receive your love. I need you to help me understand you as my father because I've never began to understand this. 
And then you, but also I need to give you this for parents who struggle with this. And I'm just being honest with you because as parents, sometimes we will modify and bend ourselves in order to have these, these, these unrealistic relationships with our kids, right? You're never going to be enough for your kids. Did you hear me today? Did you hear what I said? You will never be enough for your kids. You're, you're never, you're never, go you were never designed to be enough for your kids. You were not designed to be their God. Um, you were not designed. You, you will never be enough for your kids. So if you have kids that are not satisfied with you, um, and perhaps you weren't a good parent at first, right? You might not have been a good parent, but guess what? You're never going to be enough. You're never going to be able to make up for time loss. You're never going to be able to make up for things that you couldn't give them. You're, if you were a teen parent and you were just kind of finding your way, you're never going to be a parent, perfect parent, right? And if you continue to try to be all of these things to your kids, then what you're teaching your kids is that you're their God and you're not teaching them to learn how to hear the voice of God. And you're not teaching them to learn how to depend and trust on God. And I'm not saying there aren't things that come to be in our heirs. I'm not saying that there are right. But if you don't understand that they are adopted by God also, if you don't understand, it's not just you adopted by God, but if you don't understand that they belong to God and that they are adopted by, by God also, then you will consistently and constantly try to be their God, try to make up, try to be this super parent, extend yourself, go broke, all of these things for your kids that you were never, ever, ever meant to go. If God is your source and supply, he has given you enough for your kids in this season and y'all need to learn how to live in that enough. You need to learn how to live in the enough that he gave you for this season and petition God for the more, but not come outside yourself. Deliverance is coming to your house today. Deliverance that are come is coming to your house today. Your children are blessed because of God. Your, your children are blessed because of their own personal relationship with God. Your children have their own thing with God. And so when we put ourselves in the position, we're just stewarding over them. When you get to heaven, you're just going to be brothers and sisters in Christ anyway with your children, right? Because we're all God's children. When you get to heaven, we're just going to be brothers and sisters. And so I'm bringing you freedom today. You don't have to prove you don't, you didn't leave them. Even if you were not the best parent, even if somebody else helped you raise your kid, you did not leave your kids orphaned. My God, you got to receive that so you can heal today. You did not leave your kids abandoned, right? When you made tough decisions, if you're somebody that gave away a baby, um, you gave away a baby to be adopted, you did not leave them. You did not, right? For those of us, right? You did not, you did not because God had them all alone. Like God had to them and we, the enemy tries to press us in these places to be these parents that God never called us to be. We're to train them up in the Lord. We're, we're to remind them of things of the Lord. God is to provide for them. God is to protect them and we are to steward over them and it's, and, and learn and lead them into the things of the Lord. And according to how God has instructed us to raise them. And when we get this, we, when we get this, when we get this in our head, when we say to ourselves and receive this, that we are all sons and daughters of God, then as parents, you're going to free yourself. You're going to say, you know what? They are not my responsibility. And I'm going to stop turning tricks and flipping all upside and down. Now we are supposed to leave an inheritance to our children, but we are supposed to leave a spiritual inheritance more than anything. I'm, I'm not, I'm through turning tricks. I'm through turning flips. I'm still through trying to prove to them that I'm this kind of parent. I'm not doing that anymore. And you will free yourself and you will receive the healing that needs to come and you will be what you need to be. Why? Because they're adopted just like you. So the spiritual adoption is not just for us. The spiritual adoption is for them too. But for some reason, 
We, we make the decision that we need to become their gods and we need to become all these different things to them. And we, we go for broke and we mentally pulled in directions and we overwhelmed and we consumed and all of these things are going on because we've made decisions to make, to be their God and for them to become idols in our life. And we won't walk in the freedom. They go, I'm just, Whatever. If you have gone for broke, broke for your child, make a decision today. You'll never do it again. <laughs> make a decision today. You'll never do it again. If you spent money, you knew you did not have, right? Make a decision. You didn't, you're never going to do it again because the enemy was prostituting you. He was prostituting you. He was prostituting you so that you could be in an unending cycle. Because if your kids, if you're loving your kids and giving them the best that you have to give, and they're never satisfied. Guess what? They're not ever going to be satisfied anyway, because you were never created to satisfy them. You were never created to satisfy them. That is not what you're here for. You're here to store. You're here to love. You're here to lead an inheritance. You're supposed to speech, uh, spiritually teach them the things of God. So free yourself today and say, I'm not my child's God. And just like I'm not, uh, I'm adopted. So is my child. And what I need to teach them is how to lean, trust and depend on God. And not so much in my words, but in my deeds and actions, I need to live like I'm hoping that they would live. I need to live like I'm hoping they will live. I need them to see that and take away from yourself all the thought process and all the pain that you've dealt with and all the th lies you've allowed the enemy to deal, tell you that you owe all this to your kids and your grandkids and all this other stuff. You're not abandoned anymore. And yes, if you were adopted, your parents put you in a better situation because they didn't believe they had the capacity. But even if you never meet those parents or you don't understand, you don't have to know why they abandoned you. You don't have to know why they rejected. You don't have to know why, because the whole, the entire time God had adopted you and accepted you as your own. I want to read this to you. And I hope after today, you change your last name. This is Genesis 17, and this is the third verse. And it says, at this, Abram fell face down on the ground. This is Abram with God. This is, let me back up. This is, this is the first verse. It says, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai. So God is saying to you today, I am El Shaddai, right? He said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. And I will make a covenant with you by which I will guarantee to give you countless descendants. At this Abram, because his name is not Abraham yet, fell face down on the ground. Then God said to him, this is my covenant with you. I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. What's more, I'm changing your name. It will no longer be Abram. Instead, you will be called Abraham, for you will be the father of many nations. I will make you extremely fruitful. Your descendants will become many nations and kings will be among them. I will confirm my covenant with you and your descendants after you from generation to generation. This is the everlasting covenant. I will always be your God and the God of your descendants after you. And I will give the entire land of Canaan where you now live as a foreigner to you and your descendants. It will be their possession forever. And I will be their God. God is El Shaddai and I will be their God. And so when you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, remember I told you the other day, your last name was insignificant. None of that stuff really matters. You cut covenant and you became adopted by God. And so your last name changed. And so Ham, the Ham on that, H-A-M means of God. So I am Lakeisha Ham. You are Jessica Ham. You are Yar Ham. You are of God. You are born of God. And because that is your truth now that's your spiritual truth your identity is in Christ Jesus and nothing can separate you from it you've just got to renew your mind Romans 22 tells us renew our mind in the word of God to and you and and to understand how important it is I've been adopted by God and he changed my last name and we always see how significant it is when God changes a person's name when he changed Abraham's name he was established 
establishing a new identity. You have a new identity that's been established in Christ Jesus. You don't have to be attached to anything that's the old. God gives you brand new mercies. Every Yes, Ham, you are Shalom Ham. Come on now. You are Shalom Ham. You are of God. You are born of God. And that has got to become your established fact. And he gave you a new identity. He called him High Father, right? He's a father of many nations and everybody established after him. He's a father of multitude. He cut covenant. When he cha- changed Sarah's name, Sarai, to... Um, Sarah, he said, he said, you're going to be the mother of a nations. He was establishing her future. You have your own kingdom. You have to be over your identity is Christ. Yeah. Yeah. You got to keep saying it till you feel it about yourself. You got to keep saying it until you understand it. You got to keep saying it until the Holy spirit brings you into the truth that I'm adopted by God. I'm not alone. I'm not rejected. I'm not abandoned. Right. God has set me to be over nations. There are generations living in me because I am a part of Abraham's inheritance, right? I am, God promised to bless nations. You have a brand new name, Angela. You, your slate is clean. You've been wiped away. It's been wiped away. And so the enemy's idea is to have you caught up in your present state to not make you understand the, the spiritual things of God. I want to read Ephesians 2 over you again from death to life. And it says, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you previously lived according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit now working in the disobedience. We too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts. And we were by nature children under wrath as the others were also. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with Christ, even though we were dead in trespasses. You are saved by grace. He also raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavens in Christ Jesus so that in the coming of aging, he might display the immeasurable riches of his grace through his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For you are saved by grace through faith and it is not from yourselves. It is God's gift, not from works so that no one can boast, not from works so that no one can boast for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. So then remember that at one time you were Gentiles in the flesh called to, called the uncircumcised by those called the circumcised, which is done in the flesh by human hands. At that time, you were without Christ, excluded from the citizenship of Israel and foreigners to the covenants of promise without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were far above have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he is our peace who made both groups one and tore down the dividing wall of hostility in his flesh. He made of no effect the laws of consisting of commands and expressed in regulations so that he might create in himself one new man from two resulting in peace. He did this so that he might reconcile both to God in one body through the cross by which he put the hostility to death. He came and proclaimed the good news of peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near for through him, we both, have access in one spirit to the father. So then you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone and him, the whole building being put together grows into a holy temple in the Lord In him. You are being built together for God's dwelling in spirit. You're being put together for God's dwelling in spirit. God has changed your name. You don't have to be called anything other than I am. So when you say I'm a child of God, you're really literally meaning 
I am a child of God. He changed my name. He established a new identity. He put a new identity in me in Christ Jesus. I don't have to walk around and accept that I'm angry, that I'm mad, that I'm abandoned, that I'm rejected, that I'm orphaned, that I'm trifling. I don't have to walk around and accept and live in any of those things anymore. Why? Because of God's love for me, how much he cares for me and how much he reconciled me through the blood of Christ. And guess what? I do not have to do anything, but receive this by grace and faith. It is not by my works. Now that is not to say that you can just be sin. That is not to say that um, you, ha- you can just live any kind of way. I'm not saying that there are kingdom principles that need to be in place, but how you get this is by faith. How you get this is by faith. You receive the truth by faith that I am not, uh, abandoned. I am not rejected. I am well loved. I've been adopted by God and I am chosen and I receive this by faith. This is not based on a point system. This is not, this is not based on a point system. I love y'all. Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you for your people this morning. I thank you for revelation in your word. I thank you for truth in your word. Father God, I thank, <coughs> thank you that you are pouring your spirit out on them. And that they are receiving right now in Christ Jesus by faith that they are adopted. Lord God, let them feel your love today. Let them feel your presence. Give them revelation of this in their word. Open the eyes of their understanding to the hope and call of who you call them to be in Christ Jesus. Give them ears to hear. Let them be established in the fact that you chose them from the beginning of time, Lord God, and you redeemed them through Jesus Christ. And now the Holy Spirit is evident in their life to teach them their royal adoption. I thank you, Father God, that you called us and you knew us by name, that you set us apart, that you called us a royal priesthood, a holy nation. We thank you, Father God, for our righteousness in Christ Jesus, and we take it and receive it by faith. We take it and receive it by faith. So for those of you, if there's anyone on here that has not received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, can I introduce you to my Jesus? Can I introduce you to you, my Jesus? Can I tell you that the woman that you see today is because of Jesus? And it's because the power of the Holy Spirit in, in my life. I'm tattooed up. You ain't got to worry about your tattoos. I was a sinner. You ain't got to worry about all that. You got to make a decision to serve Jesus Christ as make Jesus Christ as Lord and your Savior. Renounce your sins. And then let me disciple you. Let me take this next journey of your life. I would love to disciple you. Let me take this next journey of your life, year of your life, and disciple you and teach you how to live kingdom, right? So that you won't faint because God loves you that God loves you. Like God loves you that much. God loves you. He adopted you and he's ready to adopt you. And I would love to be a part of your adoption ceremony. I love y'all so much. Do me a favor. Will you go share this video with someone else? Will you not leave this video dormant? Will you make a decision, drop this video on your timeline or send it to somebody in their inbox? Will you make the decision today? I'm not going to be selfish with the word. I'm not going to be ashamed of the gospel. I'm going to put this video. If everybody on here this morning shared this video, guess what? We're going to start rebuilding kingdom and the people who feel orphaned and the people who feel abandoned and the people who don't feel loved, they will take the YouTube video, start sending it everywhere so that we can get people to realize who they are in Christ Jesus. See, you've been wondering, well, why do they act like that? And why are they caught? And why do we keep seeing these generational curses? We keep seeing these things look like they look because people don't know who they are in Christ. And we need to share with them who they are in Christ so that they walk into the fullness of who they are in Christ Jesus. I love y'all. I love you so much. And guess what? 
The God we serve loves you more than Lakeisha could ever, ever, ever love you more than anybody else. I love y'all so, so much. And I want you to be able to receive just the, the, the love that God has for you. I'll see you back here in the morning. Yeah, this is a life-changing word. This is establishing your identity. This word came to destroy every spirit of darkness in you that has been lying to you about who you are and to bring you. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. If you would like more information about LMJ Ministries, log on to LakeishaMJohnson.com today.